Aloha party people, you are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 119. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum, the world's largest rum producer and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades. Check out their webpage at TandawaiUSA.com or follow them on Facebook or Instagram at TandawaiUSA. This podcast is also sponsored by the Tonga Hut. Opened in 1958, the Tonga Hut in North Hollywood is LA's oldest continuously run tiki bar. With locations in both North Hollywood and Palm Springs, California, the Tonga Hut serves classic tiki cocktails in a classic tiki setting. Dine in a secret tiki hideaway or learn about rum and rum history at one of their educational seminars. And if you're up to the challenge, take the journey to join the loyal order of drooling bastards. For information on events, rum rum club, and more, go to tongahut.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram. On this episode, we travel to San Francisco, California to attend the Zombie Village VIP Sneak Peek Soft Opening Party. Zombie Village is California's newest tiki bar and lounge, curated by Daniel Doc Parks, built in conjunction with Bamboo Ben, Crazy Al, Ivan Mora, Woody Miller, and Michael Parton. We start the episode in the middle of our journey to Northern California, joined by Tim Walters of Tandawai Rum, followed by a chat with Doc Parks about his vision for Zombie Village and what it took to bring it to life. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. And if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier for you to follow our adventures. Shares on your social media pages are always appreciated. And if you'd like to help support the show, Go to DesertOasisRoom.com to pick up some merch or make a donation. Every purchase or donation, no matter the size, is totally appreciated and helps keep this podcast coming to you every week. Here they are, Tim Walters from Tandawai Rum and Doc Parks from Zombie Village. So, do you recognize where we are? Uh, yeah, I think so. Let me see. Oh, but I cleared it there. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I get a good idea. Like, the next stop uh, usually is the Oristimba. Okay. You know that? It's the lookout spot. I guess this area, it's where the native uh, or indigenous people here would come to meet from the different places. Oh, really? Different times, yeah. So it's a, I believe it's a place where you can see for a lot of, you know, all directions. So I don't know if, you know, smoke signals were really a thing, but. How do you know this? I'm a ra- random fact <laughs> gatherer. Yeah, like me. Yeah. I like stupid trivia. No, that's that's just it, right? Like, I, did you ever have one of those? Um, I guess they called them bathroom readers. There were these little bite-sized stories or facts. Yeah. And it was it was like a really thick book, and they had them in different series, right? Right. And I had all of them. 
you just kept it under the sink and then when you're in the bathroom you would read like it, they were supposed to be long enough to where the story was on two pages Got and it. just long enough for you to where you could read the whole thing without having to and be interrupted it's just the amount of time to concentrate just right the right <laughs> amount of the, the, the time but it had so much interesting stupid trivia to me that I would sit there and read more than one right I'd read yeah. two three four that yeah. was before the internet because now I'm doing it with my phone yeah I think with those kind of things I'm I, I maybe will pick up a little bit but I think I'm more of one of the like I've seen something over and over again it starts becoming right. something that I really know but I'm not lucky enough to have one of those memories where I can yeah. instantly pick something up yeah I don't know. I don't know where I pick up all my stupid trivia from, just from here and there. But that's the unless it's a eureka moment. Like here's that. one that I I like that I've read more than once. All the planets in our solar system will fit between the Earth and the Moon if you line them all up. That's how far away the Moon is. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Stupid. It's, yeah. <laughs> right? So uh, I don't know. No, I'm good at, but say, I'm good at, I'm good at guessing like how many jelly beans in the jar. Oh yeah, okay. Like those kind yeah. of like spatial, like that's like I can look and sort of calculate or look at a big group of people and kind of guesstimate how and many guesstimate people. how many are there. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. So this is the kind of stupid small talk we're having right now, party people. <laughs> <laughs> we're halfway up the state. Somewhere on the 5 freeway, we just left Kettleman, and we are heading for Zombie Village. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> We're one of the lucky ones that got invited to this private party, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I keep hearing from... Uh, you know, I guess it's mostly coming from Doc and Deb that yeah, we're going to get keeps, blown away, right? Yeah. That this it's going to be this space. That, so I want to see what this is all about, right? And this is... I guess you could call it the first modern day zombie village, but there was a zombie village before in Oakland and it was a Skipper Kent's restaurant. So I don't know if it was separate from a Skipper Kent. I think it was called Skipper Kent's Zombie Village and I I don't know if there was anything else that Skipper Kent was doing. I I probably should have done better research, but uh, I know that there is some rare ceramic wear from zombie village in oakland yeah i've heard i've heard some rumors that the booths are themed out from different oh really bars or okay something like that different uh vintage bars okay with artifacts oh that sounds interesting so that's kind of a common thing now right i mean they do that at false idol yeah. They did in the bar. Like, yeah. if you look through the windows on the top of the bar. And which is the coolest thing. I mean, I can sit there and drool. It's for... totally cool because they also do that at Smuggler's Cove. They've got, uh, I guess you can call them shadow boxes right on the wall. Tonga Hut, Palm Springs has Tonga it. Hut, Palm Springs does it too. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. Like they, They're paying homage and respect to the old places. This new one is not in Oakland, though. This one is in San Francisco, and it's in the Tenderloin. Uh, just outside of Union Square, which I've, I've been told is, yeah. a, is a bit of a sketchy neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
but again, nowadays that probably means that in 10 years it's going to be the hottest spot. So, well, yeah, that's usually how it works, right? Because a lot of these places open up in areas that uh, maybe you, you a- would call it undesirable, but it's uh, I, I'm going to call it more affordable, right? Yeah, and they're going to older spaces that that they basically they rehab it and fix it all up, and that's part of the charm and the mystique of going to. A spot like this is it's in a this kind of a sketchy part of town or it's in the basement of some other thing and you know well, so it kind of it kind of it's like uh humanity and booze in general right there's sure you you go as far as the booze is so you know it's like the story of johnny appleseed they had to go plant apples before people would move west because if there were no apples to make cider there was no booze to drink Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. It goes all the way back, right? You have to be able to grow a crop of something before you move people so that you can make beer. Right, Nobody's going to want to go. (laughs) So here's another piece of stupid trivia. I don't know how true this is, but I learned somewhere that bread is a result of beer, right? I believe that. that, that. Because I wondered that before. Like, who thought about bread? And the process it takes to make bread, right? With right. yeast and, and all that kind of stuff, right? And they said that, yeah, that beer came first and bread came from beer because of the yeast. Right. Well, I, from what I've heard, and again, I'm, I'm not saying this to be hard fact, but just kind of from what I can remember is that, uh, <clears throat> you know, it started way back with the monkey who ate the fermented fruit at the bottom of the jungle floor, um, got some extra either calories or euphoric something to be able to have thought and we've been chasing that buzz ever since okay and when it comes to something like they i don't know if this is true as well but someplace like stonehenge where people would you know european people would meet across uh in order to have one of those great gatherings you had to have foresight to plant a crop and have something there for people to eat when they got there and be able to make enough booze for everybody to drink and have a big party so that's what kind of started cultivation because before you could probably just wildly cut what you needed to eat or make but if you were going to feed all these people that came from far far away and you were going to make get them all drunk you were going to have to really have a lot of it so that's they think i what i understand is that that's what really started uh large cultivation um and mass production of uh, alcohol. Interesting. Yeah, well, it's also like wine. You know, like, they figured something out with grapes, right? So they can make make something that is mind-altering, right? I don't think they were just making wine for the flavor. They were making it because of its mind-altering, because of the alcohol, right? Yeah, no, Absolutely. And grapes seem pretty easy, right? If you leave them in a dish and they get rotten. Yeah, they, they ferment. They ferment really easily. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. you know. So back to Zombie Village. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about um, what's supposed to be happening tonight. So it's, we're going to be attending, I, I don't know if you'd call it a soft, soft opening because it's not really a, that they're opening. It is a private party. And they're probably doing this number one uh, as a thank you to the community and the people that were involved in building the bar, but also as a way to work the kinks out, I'm sure, right? When they're 
uh, running the bar with making cocktails. Have your what friends works, and family work. there first. Let them be the guinea pigs, yeah. right? Which is cool with me. I'm happy to be included in that. Bamboo Ben was part of this build. Michael Parton was part of this build. Woody Miller was part of this build. Um, I don't want to keep going and going because I don't want to miss anybody that's in this list. But I know that there's a lot of people that are involved. So it should be spectacular. I'm expecting it to be spectacular, and I'm sure we won't be disappointed. So, um, looking forward to it. I've seen those sneak peeks. Yeah, I'm uh, really interested. And Doc Parks from Pagan Idol is running the bar here, so we'll see what um, what the cocktails are going to be like. If they're going to be similar to Pagan Idol cocktails, or or do you know anything about that? I, I, well. I guess this will be out after it's open. So I guess I, I did have the, uh, uh, we, we had uh, the warrior for the day. So with Tendwai Rum, we went up and played on the court at uh, the Oracle Arena. And we were able to invite some of our um, Northern California bartenders. And because Doc was down at an event right. in SoCal, he, he invited was... his head bartender, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sam, I believe. Yeah, Sam. So from uh, uh, <clears throat> Zombie Village, who was telling me a little bit about their cocktail program. I know they're doing like 12 different syrups, all fresh juices. Okay. So quite an extensive, quite a few. So what uh, I'm getting at originals. is that, so they are going to have different drinks then from Pagan. So yes. that's what I was getting yes. at. I was curious if they were going to carry some of those over or if they were going to be doing something that's a little bit different. That's kind of cool because then it's going to give you, I'm sure that the bar itself is going to give you a different experience, but then with the cocktails, it's going to give you a different experience on, as well. Right. So, so that's pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, um, and I know Doc knows what he's doing, so I, I, I expect that we will not be disappointed. I think yeah. that the biggest challenge for me is going to be trying to keep it cool because <laughs> we're not even going to be in town for 24 hours before we turn around and drive back to Southern California. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, cool stuff. And I'm assuming that we're going to uh, see some Tandawai in there, too. So knowing that Tandawai is is on the menu or in the cocktails, I should say, yeah. at Pagan Idol. So, yeah. well, uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with also. Uh, Doc's good. I know I, there's going to, I know there has to be some banana uh, cocktail. That's the one I'm looking forward to. I know I had one that he made in uh, Florida uh, this summer, and I'm wondering if that one's going to be on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, tell me about that one. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I, there's so many cocktails that I had when I was at uh, Pukilau that uh, I, I'm not exactly sure all the ingredients. I don't. I don't remember. I just remember it was damn good, and it was banana something. Uh, what What is your um, preference with cocktails? Do you like? I, I like banana. I do. I well, like, there's. A, I like sweet. So so do I, I. You know. Okay. I, again, again, again. It's it's knowing how to drink, right? So. It's knowing your environment. If I'm in a steakhouse, I'm not going to order a pina colada. Oh, of course. Right. You know what I mean? It's environment, you know, but I'm also not going to order an old fashioned on the beach. Like, right. You right. know, so it's environment. So I, I like different things, different places. Um, but I definitely tend to be a little more tart sweet. Okay. 
Do you prefer tart over sweet or sweet over tart? I think it's the balance. That's the key yeah, right oh, there. Dude, that's the perfect answer. <laughs> yeah. That's the perfect answer. So they call this, uh, I, I think that it's called the, geez, now I can't remember the exact name, but there's a specific combination of flavors when you're mixing a drink as far as balance is concerned. And when you look at the proportions, sweet and tart are always the same. Yeah, and it, and it's always half yeah. of whatever the spirit is, right? Right. right. Yeah. So right. roughly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it again environment when you know when I make a cocktail, it, it, a lot of times it really depends on the environment. It's hard to give, you know. And this is where I know we've talked about this before about exact recipes. Right. Um, I think I think all recipes are guidelines because of your environment is sure. gonna, is going to definitely change. Uh, your environment is going to change that. So, and, and what ice you have and, you know, so, so variables. And so, um, you know, some orange juice is going to be more sweet or more sour. You're going to have to adjust to that. And so if you are hard set with, you can't adjust any, um, recipe, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't really work for me. So to me, it's like kind of a guideline. I like when I build, uh, recipes I make them on a scale of like a 100 or a 10 so it's like 10% or 1% this 3% that to make up 100% and then that way no matter if you're making one ounce or a hundred ounces you can you can scale it you as can scale as, it. as necessary oh, okay. but again depending on your ice too um, I was somewhere where they only had crushed ice uh -huh. and you're gonna have to adjust well and that's the thing I'm glad that you brought that up because Crushed ice is always great in a tropical cocktail, but it's not always the right ice. Right, right, right. right. So if you are making, for example, an old-fashioned, crushed ice is not the right ice for an old-fashioned. Right. You want to have either a sphere or a large square that will dilute slowly yeah. because crushed ice will dilute too quickly. But then you want that quicker dilution in a sweeter cocktail, so that's why you use it in a tropical. Right. It's uh, surface area. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the more surface area, the, the it's going to melt slower. Yeah. Crushed ice, lots of surface area, boom, melts really, really fast. So, so again, most, you know, I, I, if ideally you'd want kind of three, at least three, right. You'd want the crushed ice, regular cubes just for, you know, right. Regular things. And then, you know, nice cubes. Right. Because even for shaking drinks, you know, it's it's nice too if you have your ingredients bar strength a little, a little more potent, and then it when you shake or add it to ice, and then you can put that on top of crushed ice and get that effect of the fresh cold ice. Yeah. In the cocktail once it's already chilled. So. You sound like you've been bartending for a long time. <laughs> Going on twenty five years. Twenty five years. Yeah, pretty soon. I, I actually my. My buddy Rodney just sent me some pictures. Check, oh, really? Yeah. From the old the old school days? Yeah, check that one out. All right, let me see this. All right, so for our listeners, I am looking at a photo from... That doesn't even look like you, dude. That, <laughs> I know it's not the bald guy. I know... No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, you look like a kid. How old were you in this photo? <laughs> so it's, this is a photo of Tim behind the bar. 
late 90s probably what, what, what bar is this? I think that's Arsenal Bar oh this is Arsenal I'm pretty you sure you were at Arsenal back then? yeah I'm pretty sure oh wow pretty sure that's where it is because of the what I'm wearing or what he's wearing actually oh okay uh, I'm wearing I'm wearing black shirt with a tie he's wearing some uh, cream shirt I, it's like a khaki yeah khaki khaki shirt so, yeah we also bartended together at Gotham Hall Gotham Hall okay in Santa Monica Promenade yeah yeah this is not bartending, but that's also some of the boys. That's me down on the bottom there. Wow. That's that's probably early 90s. Okay, so, question. Yeah. Before Thanksgiving break, you, you and I were on the phone, and I was picking up Christian from UCLA, and I was looking for a place to go and spend some time to wait out traffic. And then you said something like, oh, you know what? I might be at uh, Arsenal if you want to come come by. You know, I, I play, uh, is it basketball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I play yeah. basketball oh, yeah, with some yeah. of my buddies. We, it's an annual tradition that <laughs> right. we do every year, the morning of Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And something that they do. T-Day tournament, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically... Everybody gets together. It kind of started more when everybody went away to college and then would come back in town. And so it would be a, you know, and everybody was in their drinking prime. Uh, and so we would meet meet up and, and so it would be the time where like, wow, this guy's being so nice. What, what's the occasion he's buying drinks? Right. And you start noticing that he's not having one. And what he's trying to do is get everybody drunk so that the so next that morning hung you're hungover. <laughs> and you can't so, play as well. Yeah. So you're like, you know, buying shots of 151 and pouring them and pe- down people's straws right. and, you know, this yeah, kind of shenanigans to try to get everybody, you know. That's hilarious. Yeah. I had some friends that would do a... I don't know if you call it like a pickup football game or it was a flag football game. Yeah. And they would do it on Thanksgiving morning. Every year, Thanksgiving morning. And so some of these guys would put on their old high school jerseys, right? But what was funny is that these jerseys are they're not wearing pads or anything anymore underneath them and it's still snug on them. <laughs> yeah, now right? it's snug. <laughs> it's snug on them. They're like, no pads, right? <laughs> but then they would show up and they'd be so proud that like that they've got their jersey on, yeah, you know, right, it's got right, their right. name and their number on it and um, and they would they would play like very intensely, you know? And it's like, dude, it's just like football and you know, after this is over, we're all going to go to our families and stuff, but they still had that comp- that competitive drive. Yeah. They didn't do the whole drinking the night before, though. That would have been fucking hilarious. I, I lost that whole competitive drive, I think, right after high school. Right. Once I stopped playing sports competitively, once I knew there was no end of the rainbow, there was no cash prize. Right, right, right. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Because, I, I, you know, that was my youth was pretty much very intense sports. Now, let me ask you this. How about though when it comes to cocktail making? Because this year, your cocktail won our room party the best cocktail at Tiki Caliente. Yes. Thank you, thank you. That was very nice. Uh, no, I mean, I, again, I, I don't. I, I, I that was something that kind of. I think it's, you know, I think people are 
uh, you know, where you have strengths, maybe other things are. You just wanted to make a good drink for our guests. Yeah, exactly. And and you won. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and it was something different. It's something I've been working on. It matches the rum. Um, You know, it was a little bit of a stretch because it is more of a kind of a dessert drink. Well, so let's tell our listeners what what the drink was, because I I do want to say this. I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit because you called me and you said, hey, what should we make? Should we make this drink or should we make this drink? Right. And the drink that you won with, which is the Ube cocktail, and you know, it's a very popular cocktail at all these events that you serve. Yeah. This this cocktail, it's it's the purple colored, coconutty flavored. Uh, what would you call it? It's kind of like a pina colada. Yeah, a little I mean, bit. Yeah, I think it kind of maybe started out as some like maybe an ube painkiller kind of, and, know, and, and kind for those, of direction, and then for those that don't know, the the cocktail is uh, ube is. It's a purple yam, so it's like kind of like a sweet potato. Yes, so like in, uh, in Hawaii. Uh, taro. Taro, yeah. Right. So Tim made a cocktail out of that. He won with that cocktail. So let's talk about that. But um, so what I want to take credit for is, is that yeah. you were actually going to make a different drink. I was. And then you were like, oh, what do you think? And I said, no, no, no. Because I've made, the yeah, I've made that one before. Maybe people have seen it. And it's it can lend to be on the sweeter side. Yeah, um, and I have a sweet tooth. Yeah, and we I guess a lot of people, I'm addicted to sugar like you are, man. Yeah, I guess a lot of people are though, and a lot of people like it, and maybe that's well. You know. It's also the timing because, like you said, right? You're not going to drink an old fashioned at the beach, but you'll drink this. Yeah, and it was summertime, or yeah. it was late spring, early summer. So we're in Palm Springs. You know, we want something that is less traditional, like like an old fashioned, for right. lack of a better example. Right, some, and something that's a little bit more. Um, you know, for that particular climate. And and I would say, you know, there's probably something to the color and that it was something different that probably helped, you know, I to for the credit of everybody else who made a cocktail there that, you know, was more traditional tiki cocktail, you know, it, it I think the advantage was definitely the the wow factor of the color. Okay. And and you know, just that it was something outside the box. It wasn't a riff on something else really it was it's it's its own thing you're right it's its own thing completely so to this day people still ask me how to make that drink and I don't know how to make the drink so for all you people out there that think that I'm just holding the recipe back I really don't know the no, recipe Tim here, won't share it with me here's here's and that's okay because no, but I, I there's really if it was something that I could it is the, even when I'm making it I and that's what I'm saying it's it's like it's conditions it's it's the what i'm working with is going to change so it's very difficult for me to give a in directions on how to make it okay like that and so if i can't if i'm adjusting sort of each time i know what the flavor i'm looking for and i know how to get there but um if you know if it was out of another bottle if it was you know cut something up like this in a process that was right. cut and dry but because it's a little hard. It's hard for me to pass that over to somebody because it's hard enough as it is. Well, so <laughs> I was going to give you an out because I was going to say, and I truly believe this, that, you know, people can have their secret recipes. Yeah. You know, I'm not one of these guys that like, come on, come on, just tell me, please, please, please. I won't tell anybody else. I promise. If, if I'm not supposed to know, I don't want to know. Yeah. So, 
you know, if it's a secret and you tell me, well, you know what, and, I, and I, I, I guess like, that's I like... why it became that way. It's like, you know what, okay. it, 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 then it became, like you said, people would bug me for it, and then it became something like, okay, well, now... Yeah, so that people are bugging me, and I'm like, hey, dude, I don't know how to make that, but I can make you one of mine if you want one of mine. But but, uh, but you can look up the Tandwai Thai. See, that's, and that's there you my go. favorite. I, I really like I think that's that's the one I like to make. Yeah, and I think that that drink. was the other cocktail that you were going to make for... I think it was the Sumatra Kula. Oh, it was the Sumatra, Sumatra Kula. Okay, so, uh, so yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, that's a great drink. The Ube cocktail is a great cocktail. And um, I haven't had one in a few months, so um, I think it's about time that I have another one. But, yeah, I think I'm making a batch next week. Oh, there you go. So, oh, is that my Christmas gift? Oh, should I bring you? Should I bring you a, an empty bottle? Right, a growler. Yeah, I was gonna say I've got I've got two empty growlers or the two uh, handles, right? The yeah. 1.75 liter. <laughs> I got a couple of those at home, so. Um, Anyway, um, I'm looking forward to seeing Zombie Village and trying the cocktails. We are still a bit of a ways away, but I think what we're going to do is take a break right now. And when we come back, we will come back to you from Zombie Village and hopefully get to talk with some of the people that are there. If they're not too drunk, maybe a bartender or two, maybe Doc, maybe Deb. We'll see. You'll find out when we come back. So uh, stay tuned. Hang on. All right. See ya. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. This podcast reaches thousands of listeners in over 100 countries every week. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly t-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3, 6, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit TikiBarTshirtClub.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tiki Tea, a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar in Los Angeles, California. Come get their house specialty, The Ray's Mistake, for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Steadfast Pomade, a strong-holding, medium-bodied styling product for men and women, which leaves your hair looking slick, neat, and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Order yours today at steadfastpomade.com. Okay, folks, we are back, and we are in Zombie Village here in San Francisco, and I'm sitting with Doc Parks, the man himself, the guy who opened up Zombie Village. Aloha, Doc. Aloha. Dude, this bar is fucking amazing. Thank you. Uh, We think so, that's for sure. You know... In the past decade or so, we've been seeing this resurgence of bars that, you know, people that know Tiki are are coming and they're bringing back the whole aesthetic, the cocktails, the decor, the art, all that kind of stuff. And 
The bar keeps getting raised higher and higher and higher. And this bar is just, it's next level, man. Yeah, we we tried to shoot the moon on this one uh, after opening Pagan Idol in 2016. We knew that, uh, I mean, first and foremost, Tiki is fun. And uh, that's, that's the most important thing. The Tiki community, the ohana around it, uh, are people who I personally want to be around and enjoy being around. Uh, the events and uh, festivals that take place, whether it's Tiki Oasis, Hukilau, uh, or any of the many others, um, it's just a good time. And uh, like I said, it's all about it's all about fun. And what we wanted to do uh, with the opportunity to open a second Tiki Bar in San Francisco was raise the bar. Yeah, you got to tell me about the process of building this bar because I know that there were several artisans involved. So let's talk about, let's start with the space, how you acquired the space, and then where you went from there. So the space itself was um, a part of our bar family here with Future Bars. Um, uh, It was a bar called Tradition, and it was a a traditional drinking establishment that celebrated uh, uh, cocktails dating back to pre-Prohibition all the way up through the 90s. And uh, very fun, uh, you know, cool environment. A lot of, lot of wood, a lot of oak uh, in the decor. But the thing we, I loved about it was just the comfort. Uh, they, always, they had these snugs along the back wall, uh, a horseshoe-shaped bar around, uh, you know, so you could approach the bar from all four sides, um, which is very challenging for bartenders, by the way. But it creates a very uh, open communal environment within the space. And uh, it was one of my favorite places to, to come and drink when I was ready to, you know, relax and unwind after a shift. Um, and the bar, you know, being right across the street from Bourbon & Branch, which is our company's flagship, uh, always kind of took a back seat. So it never really had the traction that Bourbon & Branch did or that Rick House did or the local edition did. And then when Pagan Idol opened, um, you know, which was something our owners wanted to do for a long time was open a tiki bar. Uh, I was lucky enough to get called in on that project, uh, and you know, once that happened, we uh, the ownership realized that tiki was something they were interested in on a on a bigger scale, and so um, two years after we opened Pagan Idol, they said, "Hey, we want to do another one and rebrand uh, tradition." And at first, I was a little upset because that's that was my little watering hole, but uh, I walked into the space for the first time thinking, "Okay, let's make this a tiki bar." And as soon as I walked through the front door, it was, I saw a whole new thing, a whole new bar. Yeah, you know, um, the thing about this bar is it's, it's, it's got all the hallmarks of not only traditional tiki, but it's also a craft cocktail haven. So it ticks all the boxes, right? So I, I've always said that when it comes to tiki, it's the hardest thing to satisfy the customer because... Especially the avid tiki file, because they're going to criticize the drinks, they're going to criticize the decor, they're going to criticize the music, they're going to criticize, uh, you know, the way that the the staff is is dressed. They're going to criticize the service, everything. There's nothing that they're going to let pass, and this bar ticks all the boxes. So let's talk about the cocktails and what your approach was with that. Oh man, well, so we have uh, 
prepared a very extensive menu for this bar. Uh, right now it's at about 36, 37 cocktails, not including, not including the uh, bowls and more communal drinks that we want to offer as well. But uh, this was all done between January of this year and June. June, July is when I submitted the final menu. And it was uh, just a whirlwind of, of very uh, calculated efforts to workshop and create a menu that holds on to all of the things that um, people expect from Tiki. You know, you got to have a Mai Tai. You, you got to have certain things. Uh, we wanted to highlight some classics. We wanted to do riffs on classics. And we wanted to do some things that may not have been done before. And if they have, good for whoever did them because we've we, we, we found some new flavors and some new cocktails that we're really proud of and happy to show uh, show everybody. What we opened with tonight uh, here for our uh, Ohana soft opening is uh, 16 cocktails from that 36 cocktail menu. And um, for me, there it's a combination of things that we knew we could offer uh, you know easily and that I could train uh, my staff on easily. And things that I knew would resonate with people who really love tiki drinks. So talking about resonating and flavors and all that kind of stuff. So I I was, of course, I'm extremely proud to have a drink on the menu, the Desert Oasis. I love it. Special shout out to you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I love mezcal. And, you know, something that I was telling Deb earlier was that, you know, Filipinos actually were the ones who developed Mezcal. So it's a nice tie-in together with the Desert Oasis room. Absolutely. Uh, that, that cocktail is one of my favorites on the menu um, with, with the uh, elements of the desert, the prickly pear, the Mezcal, um, uh, the aloe. Uh, it, it all came together so beautifully with the Chipotle. And, uh, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, Deborah May, my wife, uh, God bless her. I love you. Uh, she tells me that Filipinos invented tiki. Well, yeah, so we take credit for that, <laughs> right? We're the four Filipinos at Don the Beachcomber, and then you've got Andre Bumatai and, and, uh, and Tony Ramos and, uh, and Milan Guanco and all the guys. That, and all the names were out there. You know, Jeff Berry put it all in Sip and Safari. So, yeah, we're going to take credit for that one. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's, why, uh, that's, that's why I love her, and that's why we're so close. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, man. But, I mean, having the Desert Oasis on that menu, again, it's, I'm flattered to have that on there. It's a great cocktail. Um, and then I love also all the things that you're doing here. So this particular bar, we know it's a newer version of Zombie Village. There was a Zombie Village in Oakland. But then you're also doing, you know, from what I understand, there's like a homage to all these other bars here in the Bay Area. Yes. Yeah, so first and foremost, uh, I feel like Skipper Kent uh, is an unsung hero of Tiki. Uh, to, to hear the stories of this guy... Uh, who was a renowned sailor, uh, sailed the South Pacific, brought back artifacts to decorate his home, his uh, restaurants, sell to his friends, uh, and open up a tiki bar right across the street from the original Trader Vic's on San Pablo. That's something that really got me excited. Um, and then you look at the, the art and the menus and um, you know dig up all the, all the things you can find uh, about the place, 
And I mean, I, I hear stories, uh, which I still don't know if they're true or not, but that he dug a moat around his around Zombie Village so that people physically had to get on a little raft and like go across a body of water to get to his restaurant for this escapist, you know, idea of uh, you know Polynesian tropical environment serving you know. Uh, Asian foods and Caribbean drinks. I mean, it just sounds so cool, and I wish I was there back then to be a part of that. Uh, but, you know, again, looking at those old menus, it just kind of, like, said to me, hey, there's a bigger story here that nobody's talking about and that people need to know about. And, you know, uh, bartending in San Francisco, uh, we're very lucky to have uh, such a community of uh, cocktail enthusiasts and aficionados that want to go out and see all the new spots. But we also have a lot of young kids and young professionals who, you know, want to go out to whatever's hot at the time. And so I look at that as an opportunity to teach them what Tiki's all about. And so with this space, we had all of these snugs against the wall that we knew we wanted to turn into Tiki huts. And uh, since we were going to have so many of them, we wanted to make each hut an individual experience and pay homage to historic tiki bars that they could easily google or look up and you know inside of each one we will have menus photos artwork stories you know each each hut will have a a full experience and a you know a little bit of a history lesson as to why tiki is tiki and how we got to this day and age with tiki that's awesome man i mean I think it's super cool that you're giving respect and paying homage to all of these unsung heroes, especially Skipper Ken. And you're right. He is somebody that kind of went under the radar that people don't give the respect that he deserves. So I think that that's awesome that you're, 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 you're doing that with this bar. Um, I, I'm actually, I'm really blown away. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's seen everything when it comes to Tiki. So to come in here and see just what you guys have done with this space, uh, I'm really, really impressed. So I, I just want to congratulate you on this. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for putting that Desert Oasis cocktail on the menu. I'm going to proudly promote that cocktail on the podcast. Please do. Please do. Yeah, no, we've got a lot to offer, folks. And uh, uh, the Desert Oasis is definitely a, a, a top cocktail for sure. And I think it will be for a long time. Awesome, thanks. Now, I just have one last question for you. So I've had the Desert Oasis cocktail. What was the second drink that I had tonight? Village Punch. I had a Village Punch. So, what should I order next? Uh, well, it would have to be on the menu we're offering right now, because I can't give you everything. What's your favorite drink? Well, the two zombies are must-haves. Uh, both the Voodoo Zombie and the Jamaican Zombie are lights out uh the voodoo zombie is a little more lighter a little mysterious because you can tell it's strong but it just goes down so easy uh the jamaican zombie's got a little bit of uh uh, peppers in it little little uh jamaican spice some scotch bonnets as well as a a killer blend of rums now are you doing a two zombie limit uh, we haven't limited anything yet. This is our super soft opening going until January 8th, which will be our grand opening. So uh, come on down and have as many zombies as you can until the grand opening when we will definitely be limiting, the, you know, pulling the reins back a little bit. 
Okay, cool. And I'm going to have a voodoo zombie next to me because I don't want lights out. I'm enjoying myself too much. I don't want to pass out just yet, right? So, all right, so we're going to go up in order to, again, congratulations. Thanks for having us over here tonight. And, uh, and I appreciate it now. And, and I want to give a shout out to your beautiful wife, Deborah Bay, because behind every great man is a great woman. My, my Filipino sister from another, <laughs> another mister. <laughs> so shout out, right? No, it's our people true. who put this shit together in the first place. She deserves it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, she's so she's so modest. Thank you. All right, cheers. Thank you. Thank you for including me tonight. Thank you for coming. We're so happy to have you guys, and we look forward to having many good memories here together. Awesome, thanks. All right, we're going to get back to our drinking. Let's throw out the social media for Zombie Village. So we have The Zombie Village for Instagram. Um, you can find me at Doc underscore parks on instagram and uh of course uh you can always find us at 441 jones whenever you are in the tenderloin of san francisco 441 jones in san francisco guys come by i guarantee you will not be disappointed all right we're going back to our drinking folks cheers and aloha aloha and there you have it doc parks with the zombie village A couple final thoughts before we wrap up this episode. Zombie Village is certainly a feast for the eyes, ears, and taste buds. My first thought upon entering the space was, wow, it's really impressive. As an old-time tiki nerd who's followed the scene and evolution for over the past two decades, I see Zombie Village as a prime example of how tiki has evolved into the modern era. With its modern lighting effects, it's certainly not classic tiki, but in my opinion, it's still a good step in the right direction. It ticks all the boxes and still creates that escapist environment that we look for and enjoy in a properly executed exotic space. With this latest addition to the Tiki Bar scene in San Francisco, it has solidified the Bay Area as a destination for genuine mid-century inspired Polynesian pop styled bars. Here's hoping we get more like this one, classic or modern, to patronize and enjoy in the upcoming year. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Until then, if you have any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout-out, stop by our group page on Facebook, Inside the Desert Oasis Room, or follow us on Instagram, at Polynesian Pop. Cheers and aloha.